The world of dog sports has lots of options to keep your dog's four paws busy. Let's dive deeper in Four Paws Sports. And welcome to another episode of Four Paws Sports Radio here. I'm Jeff, and with me tonight is Mary. Hey, everybody. And tonight we want to have a little discussion about the... Uh, the the topic of travel, because most of us do travel uh, as we do all of our sports here. Um, I don't think I've been to a local trial in, well, until this weekend, uh, come up with tryouts. Uh, I have not been back to a local trial in uh, five, six months, possibly. I, I honestly don't remember the last local trial I've been to, so everything's been on the road for me. What about you, Mary? I know you travel quite a bit as well for everything you do. Yeah, I do travel a lot. And even when I'm my local stuff is still, you know, the closest trial to me is a half an hour away. And this month I've gone an hour away, two and a half hours away, three and a half hours away. So, you know, <laughs> so there's always traveling involved, it seems, whether you're staying overnight or whether you're just driving back and forth. There's obviously car time and things you need to do to and have just to be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, my longest trip with the dogs lately was back up to Wisconsin to go judge um, for a weekend up there. So all three went with me and that's always a, uh, that's always an interesting time because I won't tell enterprises, but you know, I do put the, I do put the dogs in their cars and uh, I clean it up once I get home. So <laughs> nobody knows, <laughs> but I'm certainly not putting the miles on my car. Understandable. Very understandable. <laughs> For me, I have too many bags, so, you know, I've got them all crammed in the van, and everything's tetris in just perfectly, so my right, poor van right. just gets a lot of miles on it, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're due for a new van eventually, right? Yeah, probably sooner rather than later at the rate I'm going, but, you know. <laughs> I think that's every dog show person is uh, sooner rather than later for dog show cars, so that's why at least, you know, while I'm judging, I uh, I sacrifice Enterprise as my uh, my car gods for uh, for other people's vehicles here. But you know, going to trials to compete, yeah, it's uh, me and the the brand new camper I got, which I'm super excited to use this weekend because it's nice, it's new, it all works. I'm like, this is amazing. Yay! That's going to be fun. I'm excited to see it. Yes, indeed. And Mary said uh, she's going to see it so kind of cats out of bag we're going to do a special episode coming this weekend uh it's going to be a live broadcast here and there may be or may not be alcohol involved so it might be a little bit more fun than normal not that we don't always have fun but <laughs> exactly so if nothing else y'all might enjoy watching us make fools out of ourselves live with a little bit of adult beverages involved <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fun. I, I, I look forward to it because we'll be nice and loose and relaxed. It'll be good times. Good times. Exactly. But, all right, so let's talk travel here. So what are your essentials? What do you, what do you pack? What's in your car right now? Okay, so first thing is all the dogs have an ID tag on them. So that's A number one. They don't get in the car without the travel collars and tags. Um, I have crates in my car that everybody rides in um of assorted like i have some burial cage i have an impact crate i have some custom made crates i have some really heavy duty wire crates try to keep the dogs safe 
I always travel with extra bungees because sometimes you might hit a raccoon on the way somewhere and your car might be half falling <laughs> apart and you might need to hold it together. <laughs> I always have duct tape. Duct tape. I actually don't always have duct tape, but I probably should. <laughs> I always have not only enough leashes for my dogs, but a couple extras just in case. I always have poop sacks. I always have water. I always come, travel with water so that, you know, I can water the dogs on the way and make sure that in case I can't find good water, you know, I've already I always got something. I want to keep them hydrated. Um, in the summertime, I have my vent lock to lock open the back of the van. And actually, even even in spring and fall, if I've got rainy weather, I can leave my windows up and I can put my vent lock in when I'm parked and then they can still get air without having it rain into my vehicle. So that's kind of nice. Um, in the summer, I have a big, one of those big sunshades that goes over the whole van and it's got the, it's like a mesh. It's like the silver reflective, but it's mesh kind of so air can go through it. And then I have clamps, excuse me, I have clamps and the clamps hold it down. So I clamp it to the to my front wipers on my windshield. I clamp it to my back gate on the van and I can clamp it on the sides if I need to. And that way I can actually keep it. I can even have my dogs out on the car if it's in the nineties and I've got it significantly cooler in my car and the dogs are comfortable. Even the Samoyeds who, you know, their, their threshold where they start panting is a lot faster than other breeds. And I can keep them very comfortable in the car there. Um, if, if I if I'm traveling, like I used to have a Durango that I didn't have room for crates for everybody, then anybody who didn't have a crate had a harness and seat, like a seatbelt harness so they could be safe. Um, those are my, as far as being in the car and going someplace. Oh, and I always have with me some sort of paper towels and clean up something, whether it's nature's miracle or some sort of disinfectant, because somebody's going to poop or barf or do something gross if you aren't prepared. And so I always have the ability. And on that same vein, I also always carry Q-tips with me. So if I need to get a dog to poop, I have Q-tip. Those are, I think those are my tops, my top things. What about you, Jeff? What else, what do you have? Uh, well, let's see. Currently in the car, I've got uh, two rough tufts, uh, one for picks, one for Kyber. And then uh, for old man nitro, uh, cause you know, you get the life of luxury for him. Uh, he gets to ride in the big old uh, Vario, which is the double, I think it's a double large, maybe a double XL. I, I don't remember. It's been so many years since I bought it. And, of course, for him, he's got his uh, sort of bed in the back of that. So he lives in the life of luxury. Uh, lucky uh, lucky dog. But occasionally I make him share with his kid because uh, sometimes I do need the extra space from the rough tough to uh, transport more stuff uh, in the backseat of my car. So uh, sometimes he gets a share, sometimes he doesn't. But for the most part, it's uh, Nitro gets his own huge crate. So, you know, lucky him. Um, of course, leashes. Um, I have all slip leads uh, just because it's easier to throw on. And then actually for all the boys, I do have the Activity Fi collar with me because uh, at least if for whatever reason somebody gets out in an accident, I can at least ping the collars. I can at least try to track them um, for whatever reason. So in case somebody goes and gets lost picks, um, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> that Papillon, I swear, he he has a tendency to find a way to get out of any situation, including the crates that are inside the stalls that get nationals or 
any other big event. And I just started putting his rough tough in there. I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just, I'm just going to put him in, in the rough tough in the crate, in the kennel or in the, uh, in the stall. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm tired of trying to um, use paper clips to keep the, uh, the zippers together. <laughs> uh, same as you. I've got water buckets. Um, I always carry at least a gallon of water with me. Three dogs, a gallon of water is plentiful um, at that rate. Um, I do have my first aid kit with me. That is always consists of uh, wraps. Um, I have some of the medications with me. So I've got uh, gabapentin. Uh, carprofen with me. So in case anybody gets a little stiff, sore, injured, comes out lame, whatever, I've got that to, got that to help out. Um, I've got some gastrointestinal medication. Um, a friend of mine, um, Sammy, uh, she sent me uh, some powder to mix together. So in their food, um, I also have fiber pills with me uh, to help dry things up for them. And then I've got anti-diarrhea pe- pills. So I've got three ways going here to prevent that uh, prevent yeah. that poop from uh, flying out. <laughs> exactly, and that's the best way um, to be to not have it is to be prepared for it for sure. Right, and I learned my lesson hardcore in Florida for the open because. Uh, Pix and Kyber, uh, they had a little ocean water, and the ocean water did not sit well with them, all that salt. So uh, that poor Airbnb, it did not smell good that first night after uh, they got into it. It was horrible at 3 o'clock in the morning. Kyber's like, get up, Dad, get up, get up. And I'm like, dude, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, what? And the dog never wakes me up unless he's got to go to the bathroom. And, of course, I'm trying to get dressed. It's dark, and I didn't even get shorts on. And next thing I know is I hear... I'm going, oh, uh, oh, no. And now, this is a postage stamp size Airbnb. And, oh, oh, three dogs, me, a queen size bed, and maybe a dresser. And that's a full room at that point. So we all got the stench on that one. So, yeah, yeah, I will never not travel without gastrointestinal stuff. Yeah. And that brings me to another thing that I have. So when I, when I stay somewhere, I have a bag that I keep and it's got, um, some chew bones and toys to keep yep. the dogs occupied. It's got paper towels. It's got nature's miracle. I could probably keep nature's miracle in business all by myself, just between <laughs> having too many dogs and too many cats. And I actually use it when I shampoo the carpet. I, I use that in place of carpet cleaner now um, <laughs> because it just seems to <laughs> Um, it's also got Hex's pressure pen so that I can check her eye pressure if I start to worry about her with that. Um, but I carry that goes in. I've got an extra comb in there and a slicker brush in case somebody gets into burrs or mud or poop or whatever. Metronidazole, carprofen, um, probiotics. When I travel, like a couple of my dogs get a little probiotic tablet every day, but when I travel, everybody gets probiotics so that you know, just in case the fun of traveling gets things a little upset, that seems to help keep things leveled out. Or if you know they get extra treats, or we celebrate because something good happened, or we have to console ourselves because nothing good happened. You know, <laughs> drown your sorrows in food. Exactly, and we know why Mary's diet doesn't work. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Wait, what's a diet? I have a seafood diet. I see it, I eat it, especially when I'm judging. If I see a snack, I'm grabbing it. Uh-huh. Oh, that's why I can't be a judge, you see, because I'd be like, oh, you want to bring me snacks? Okay. Well, I mean, not only that, but then I get like today, I'm getting 
prepared for the May trial. I'm going out to somewhere on the East Coast. And I said somewhere because I have no idea where I'm going until that weekend when I look at the airplane traveling. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to Maine this weekend. Okay, awesome. Uh, no, so the trial the uh, trial chair is like, hey, what snacks do you want? I'm going, oh, oh, no, that's that's bad. Don't tell Jeff what snacks do you want. <laughs> Be like, you're getting pretzels and water and you'll like it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Mary's totally got to keep me off of my diet. <laughs> I'm really good at putting other things on a diet. I'm just not good at putting myself on a diet. <laughs> oh, I'm great getting my dogs on a diet. That's that's perfect. It's easy to make you know, them on a diet, even though they hate it. Exactly. No, I'm real good. Hex, which is I wasn't so good at it, but I put my hands on her and I'm like, oh, get a little squishy, babe. We're going to cut back. Yeah. Somebody really should put their hands on my ribs and be like, nope, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll let you know this weekend. I'll help you out this weekend. How's that? No, I mean, no, you're not. You're going to drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, something else I have. I've got the two things of the light pads that go with me. Uh, they are in their own carrying case. Um, and then, of course, I have all of Pix's uh, diapers because uh, we have the tendency to mark because we're a little dog. And uh, he thinks he's a big boy, and he wants to tell everybody he's a big kid. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I've got that as well. Um, trying to think if i got anything else that goes with me in the cars and leashes. Uh, toys, obviously. Poop bags. Um, oh, uh, something I do carry that is not dog-related. Uh, I have a impact gun with me. So, if for whatever reason I do get a flat tire, um, I do not have to struggle getting lug nuts off. So, I can zip them on, zip them off, and... Then I can get back on the road real quick. Fortunately, I have not had to use it. Um, I also carry a air pump with me as well, um, all battery powered. So uh, that will help in case you know get a little little pressure there and can air things out and get right back on the road or help uh, help things from going flat at least to get you to the uh, to the uh, service station at least at that point. Yeah, that's smart. I um, jumper cables. I used to always uh, have yes. jumper cables car and I didn't because I was trying to save room because I got too many dogs and um, let me tell you what so earlier remember it was last fall I was in agility trial in Des Moines at, at Jester Park and um, sure enough my battery died and thank goodness one of my friends had jumper cables because I did not um, <laughs> actually started doing before I actually travel if I'm going somewhere I don't know is one time, this was about four years ago, I was driving to a trial in Topeka, Kansas that I'd never been to before. And I had my GPS, so I'm fine, right? Well, for whatever reason in Kansas City, my GPS just said, nope, I'm done, and just wouldn't do anything. And uh, <laughs> which had happened to me one other time when I was going to a trial in Minnesota. I got off the interstate. I was close. And it just froze like my GPS wouldn't work. And I'd never been to this place before. And I'm like, oh, and so now what I do because I don't carry a map anymore because that's just crazy talk. What's and, a map? Um, I know. I actually, <laughs> when I'm going somewhere new, I just take a moment before I like hit go on the GPS to look at the steps and just kind of just kind of familiarize myself at least with the main main roads that I'm going to have to take, main highways or whatever. So hopefully something will look familiar. So if my GPS freezes up, I'm at least can keep making progress until it decides to 
you know, wake up and run again. So that's something that I learned the hard way. Like when I couldn't get to the trial and speak on time because my GPS just <laughs> said no. And now when you say GPS, are you talking like a standalone unit, just like a Garmin? No, it was on my phone. Um, oh, okay, okay. It was my GPS on my phone. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't used a Garmin that much. I have look, a few times, but usually I just use my phone. And uh, 99% of the time, it works just great. And um, then there's that 1% of the time. And like I say, it froze once on me when I was going to Minnesota. And thankfully, you know, the thing I never thought I'd use um, is my, uh, you know, the premium list and the judging program, whatever, you know, and they give you like routes to the show and you never pay attention to those, right? You just plug it into your GPS and go. Wait, and, I, have a, I have a serious question. What's the premium? I, I have oh no idea God. what that is. Yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to read your premiums. Come on. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Read your premiums for start times. Yes, because sometimes they're not what you expect. But right, the trial exactly. in Minnesota, I printed out my judging program because it had the routes to the show thing on there. And so I knew where my exit was, and that's when it quit. And so I just pulled up my handy dandy old school paper copy judging program and thankfully that the route the exit the road that i was on was one of the routes they gave me and it was actually accurate because i've gone to shows you know back in olden times before you had gps where the route to the show that they gave you was i don't know where they were sending you but (laughs) 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 so yeah that's so now I always just, just take a look. So at least I go, okay, I'm taking 151 and I'm going up and I'm getting off in Fond du Lac or whatever, you know. So at least I have a clue so that hopefully I can, you know, keep going because it's possible that I don't often build in a whole lot of extra time to, you know, get lost or be stuck or anything like that. It's possible I might be cutting things close and at the last minute sometimes. Every now now I've then. never known you to ever be last minute, especially when I'm at the Quad Cities with you. I'm like, no. where's Mary? That's 7.54. She'll be here in like four minutes. It's fine. It's fine. Exactly. To my, <laughs> to, In my defense, back in those days especially, I was doing chores in the morning. So I would get everybody taken care of at home, load everybody up, drive to the barn that I used to run, take care of all the horses there, then finish driving to the Quad Cities. So, you know. I'm just going to say, if y'all had to go to work before you got to the agility trial at 8 a.m., you wouldn't show up to the last minute either. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I know those days because uh, last year <laughs> I worked from home and did all the uh, remote stuff. And I just I did as much work as I could before I got to the trial. So, yeah, mm-hmm. last minute always. And, yes, read the premium because even as a judge, I kind of didn't read the confirmation uh, for Friday. And I got there, you know, my normal time, 7 o'clock and ready to go. And... I call for a briefing for the fast class for at seven thirty, and uh, everyone's like, "Nope, nobody's here." I'm like, "Oh, that's that's weird." And I was like, "You know, we start at eight thirty today, or we're briefings at eight thirty, right?" I'm going, "Oh, that pesky oh. confirmation! I should really read it once in a while. I could have slept in because um, I, I know that." Thursday night when I got in, I messaged you. I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do for food. I guess I'll go figure it out. And I said words at a drive-thru, and I got food, and it turned out to be a pretty decent quesadilla. And I'm like, okay, 
I was tired. I ate whatever I could because uh, there just was nothing open anymore. There's no 24-hour services at the yeah. time. Even McDonald's is barely open 24 hours a day, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing I've actually started doing. You know, we were joking about the whole diet thing. But when I travel, <laughs> I have started – well, first of all, another good reason to read your premium is a lot of trials that used to have food available for purchase on site don't anymore. So right. it's good to read your premium and know. Um, and I started bringing food just so I can maybe make some better choices so that, you know, Hex doesn't feel my rib fat and tell me to eat less. <laughs> and, uh, and then I find if I pack stuff and especially cause I'm kind of a sad empathetic homebody and I'm usually tired. So I get done with the show and I take the dogs for a nice walk and then we go back to wherever we're staying and I'll bring what, you know, just warm up whatever food I brought with me. And so that's something that I'll do too. Like if I'm going somewhere where I don't really know a lot of people and I'm not going to go out to dinner with a group of people or something like that, I'll actually bring food. And of course it goes without saying I bring food for my dogs. I mean, obviously, surely that's not- <laughs> Oh yeah. You bring food for your dogs. Although I did almost walk off without the bucket I'd carefully prepared with <laughs> last weekend. I'm at the point where I carry, I have a duffel bag because I have to drop them off with my parents and I got mm-hmm. tired carrying everything. So I bought a duffel bag and going, all right, I got everything thrown in there and I take so much less time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put everything. I have a cool calorie bucket, which is a supplement I used to give to one of my horses and, but they're great buckets. Got a nice snap lid and my cat can't break into them because I have the world's worst cat. <laughs> so I pack everything in the cool cow bucket and then I can have it sitting out and ready to go. But my cats right. can't break in because otherwise I have to hide things. And if I have to hide things, I forget things and that's bad. So, uh, that's yes. And well, speaking of food also, um, I tend to... I tend to, whenever I'm driving, you know, let's say I'm going to the U.S. Open, I try to not stop anywhere on the way for food because, one, it's just expensive and it just adds up. Unless it's Bucky's, then then it's like Walmart. <laughs> it's Wally World of the grocery, of the gas station. So I had to go because my first time, okay, I bought beef jerky. I, I bought a couple sandwiches. And I will say those sandwiches were really, really good, but not $15 worth of food, good or more. I think I spent like 20 or 25 for breakfast one morning. I'm going, okay, nope, not again, not again. So yep. I have uh, I have gone to Sam's Club and I go grab uh, trail mix and that mm-hmm. works phenomenal. Um, I make sure I have extra bottles of water for myself and then I make sure I don't have to stop at that point. Um, right. I don't typically do soda anymore if I don't have to because – caffeine you know wears you out because you're awake and then you're asleep and uh one of the big things i've actually found while driving now is turning off the recirculated air because i used to have a hard time staying awake while driving but i was reading i don't forget where i was reading it but the fact that you just recirculate the air means you're not getting any fresh air in and well you're breathing your own carbon dioxide and you slowly just kind of don't get enough oxygen going on so uh, ever since I've actually shut that part off and let fresh air come in uh, while I'm driving, I've actually felt like I feel a lot better. I don't feel exhausted while driving, even though I've worked all day or I've judged all day. And yeah, uh, that's a big thing I would recommend is, yes, during the wintertime, it does make it easier to get hot faster in there or cool mm-hmm. things off. But, you know, shut it off for long distances and then, you know, you probably feel better when you get out of the car. Hmm. 
Hmm, that's a really good idea. I'd never even thought about that. Yeah, I am I am a caffeine and I do bring yeah. caffeine with me. I actually try <laughs> to um, bring stuff with me so that I don't the same thing. So I can get stuff and go to Walmart, I can go to the grocery store, go somewhere and get get stuff so that I don't have to stop. Because especially, like, I have to say, when I'm on the road, it's really tempting to go to, like, Scooters or Starbucks or something and get <laughs> fancy coffee that, A, has more calories than I need. And it is delicious, but it's kind of pricey. And so I um try to pack stuff so that I don't have to, again, make those choices and spend that money. Because, you know, then I can dump more money into entry fees instead of dumping money into eating while I'm, you know, taking advantage of my entry fees. So. And we appreciate the extra money in the entries. Yes, always. <laughs> always, always. So yeah, I um I was trying to think what else. I mean, that's I mean, we're and of course like at the show site, I have, you know, crates for at the show and a chair and you know, that kind of stuff. But you know, well, we all brought have up crates at shows. Get- what what kind of crates are you using for your dogs at the shows? Depends on the dog and it depends on the show. So I have um, I have some cheaper wire fold-up crates that um, I got from the local farm store that are a little lighter weight. I use those when I'm doing um, confirmation. I also, at least like this past weekend, I had four dogs I was showing in confirmation. So I had wire crates on the bottom and I stacked soft-sided um, crates on top. So like if a dog tries to lift their leg, they can't. I mean, they can, but you don't want a dog lifting their leg on your soft side crate because then you can't get that cleaned out very well. Um, and I have bungees to strap them on. So I'll do that at a confirmation show. Um, and then like right now I have a puppy. So I always have a wire crate for her for at the hotel because I am not crazy slash stupid enough to try to put her in a soft crate at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> And then otherwise I have a couple of like rectangular soft side crates um, that I use. I also have a couple of tent crates. I have a couple of the clean run tent crates, which I like those a lot. Those have been really great tents. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of the old Umbro or um, what are they? You know, the, the orange. Tent crates, yeah. The, the, um, the Umbro pet. I forget what it is yeah. now. I have a couple of those. Um, I have to be careful who I put in, especially those, I will say the clean run tents don't seem to roll as easily. So I can put a wider variety of dogs in that. Um, the only one hex absolutely cannot go in a tent because she is very good at hamster balling her crate and she is extremely <laughs> pointed about it. Um, and there is no amount of blocking her in. She'll figure out how to back out of there and she'll hamster ball. All over the place. So she's always, if she has to be, like at the show, she's crated in a rectangular soft side crate. But, um, and then I bring, especially for the older dogs, I bring uh, Primo pads to put in their crates or I'll bring like a squishy, like the Border Collie in the wintertime likes like a squishy or thicker or something warmer to be on. Whereas the Sammies don't, definitely don't want something warmer to be on ever. It could be 30 below and they'd be like give us our primo pad and that's enough (laughs) (laughs) we also have so like when natalie goes to europe with vengeance we have a a cooling mat that's just it's got like a gel inside and you don't it's kind of nice it doesn't get super cold but it's not one that you need to refrigerate or freeze or get wet or any of that it just naturally that whatever's in it keeps it a little cooler and it's got a little cushion to it also so it dissipates um, that heat 
Yeah. And so we use that. That's really nice for her to travel because it's easy. It folds up nice and small. It's easy to put in her suitcase. We can put it in the tent crate. Um, she uses that clean run tent crate and she, cause she can stick that in her suitcase and, um, take that over really easily. And then, uh, and then she puts that squishy pad in there and then that helps keep him cool when we're over in Europe, especially since like the last time she went over there was that ridiculously hot summer in the Netherlands in 2019 when the, they had to change all the, the time. Overnight, the overnight trial? Yes, the overnight trial. <laughs> and, you know, that was, that was, that was toasty. That was toasty warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Well, and so I use the, well, that, uh, you talked about that orange, the orange uh, tent crates, and I have Mm -hmm. one left that hasn't been destroyed by anybody who's borrowed them or, um, or one of my dogs, you've done it. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, now I've got the other beach, the other Cal or, uh, the other tent crates that's made by the California Beach Company now. Um, those are, really sturdy um they've got some really much thicker material uh for the tent stuff so i actually kind of like it better than what i actually uh i actually had originally and uh because nitro and kyber get along perfectly there's never any issues with them i actually i did buy two of them for them originally but most of the time because i don't want to be that person who takes up you know three crate spots when i really don't need three so i end up just throwing them in together and giving them the big bed and they're they're happy as can be and picks. Well, you know, he gets his own special, uh, he gets his own right. special crate. Cause I don't trust him at all. Right. Not one, <laughs> one iota, no trust. <laughs> well, and honestly, I have to be careful. Like I, I, I will have my dog share crates sometimes too, but sometimes I'm not very smart and I can't tell you the number of times when fire and hex have shared a crate and I'll take one of them <laughs> out and forget that the other one's in there. <laughs> And thankfully, they all, like my young dogs, I haven't done the crate games with, but I need to. But the older ones, thankfully, I'll know they're not supposed to come out of the crate unless I tell them to. So they just right. stay there with their unzipped crate. And then I come back <laughs> later and have a panic until I realize they're still in. But, you know. Oh, well, that reminds me because uh, I've done the same thing with Nitro. And uh, it wasn't that I had multiple dogs. It was at a USDA Central Regional uh, in Kansas area and... I had, uh, I put him in his crate and he goes in and he just goes, chills out. And I forgot to zip up, zip him up. And I'm like, you know, I'm hungry. I'm going to go down the street, grab McDonald's. That's just fine. He's good there. I left and got McDonald's, ate it, came back. And I looked at the crate going, oh crap. I didn't. And I was just like, yeah, you kind of left me here, dad. Thanks. I'm like going, that is one dog that will not vacate for anybody but me. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, I got lucky, thankfully. Now, picks on the other hand, um, I have to zip tie it. I have to uh, duct tape it. I have to get a paper clip, and I might as well get a master lock and put it between all the zippers there. So, uh, little uh, Mister, uh, I escape out of everything. Uh, stays in his crate. And the fun part was last time he did that was at Perina and. Sure enough, um, I'm getting ready to run Kyber, and they, I have uh, my friend Ida comes up and holds this little white pappy. I'm going, why does that look like picks? Oh, <laughs> why do you have picks? He goes, well, I'm glad I know it's picks because uh, he's been running around uh, visiting everybody on the front. I'm going, 
Oh, you gotta be kidding me. He was zip tied and no no apparently he got oh he found a way to just unzip himself. I'm going Oh, why? Why why do I have the escape artist? That's the last thing I needed today. <laughs> I will say one other thing that I have that has nothing to do with dogs escaping, but I keep every time my dogs get their shots updated, I will make a new copy of the rabies certificate and their shots. And I keep a copy in my training bag and a copy in my van with everybody. And so that way, if something happens, if somebody gets sick and has to go to the emergency bed or whatever, or anything, I can, um, I can have proof of vaccination so that they don't try to stick dogs with extra shots that they don't need. And if I titered, I would do that too. I just keep a copy of the titers, but I just, especially now, because for whatever reason, AKC, uh, put that statement out there from the Missouri Department of Agriculture, which not sure why, because we've never had anybody investigate or check for shot records or anything along those lines or vet checks whatsoever. But apparently, yeah, you know, that's something that they're, they're telling you that you should have. And even though talking to some people at the Department of Agriculture with some friends, they're like, We've had this rule forever, but we've never, never had to do that before. So, uh, nonetheless, still at least have your uh, rabies vaccine with you. At least keep a yeah. copy of it there, so that way you know don't get stuck with extra shots, extra vaccinations, because you know we all don't need to over vaccinate our dogs at this point in exactly. time. Exactly, and I know, like, yeah, because yeah, that's pretty much every state has that rule. I mean, I used to show horses, right. and I used to travel a lot. And with horses, they're more likely to check it. But I, I guess I'm willing to roll the dice, like traveling to Purina here this weekend with um, I don't know, however many dogs are going to be with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not paying I, for, for house certificates on all these dogs, but I do at least right. have the shotgun. So. Well, and I think the big thing is that horses are bigger and more obvious, whereas dogs are kind of more under the radar at that point. So, I mean, of course, you know, if we're we're going overseas, yes, we will obviously have to have all the checks and vaccinations. But, you know, crossing the state lines, I don't think I've ever I think I don't even know if I even have my rabies vaccination with me ever at this point in time. And I will definitely be uh, adding that to my list of things I will be adding there. So. It's just, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting thing to think about of what else to bring with you. Just really don't think of it. I know when I went to Florida, I did bring everybody's binder that had everything because I'm, mm-hmm. you know, six states away, thousands of miles away from home. And I'm like, I'll just throw those in there and never needed it. But at least I did have it at that point. Well, I just think probably the biggest thing is if something happens, heaven forbid, where your dog gets hurt or sick or something and you've right. got to go to the vet. And the vets got to do their due diligence, you know, and I understand that sure. they're bound by, by the regulations and laws and whatever, and they need to, that way you at least got that. So your dogs aren't getting vaccinated for stuff they're already protected from. Um, Absolutely. And when you're stressed, you know, you want to make sure that you don't worry about it. Oh, also I have ibuprofen for myself in my view. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got to worry about, you know, I always have it in my backpack. I always have all kinds of ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. I would say I, I make sure I have pain medication for me and we're getting about to the time of year where I make sure I'm carrying bug spray and Wonderside yes. and sunscreen. Um, so because I hate ticks and, <laughs> and actually well, I spray myself yeah. Wonderside before I go walk the dogs because the dogs all are treated. Um, you know, they have their stuff that they, but I will treat myself so that I don't pull ticks off of me. 
No, definitely. I think the one thing I see most people have is going to be everybody loves Ryobi, so everybody's got the green fans. Um, I I had one for a bit of time, but I didn't think investing in ten batteries to make it uh, make a fan work for an entire day was. For me, it was not economical, and honestly, I don't think I've ever been in a situation, even when we're hurting and we're creating out of the car, everything, you know, windows are down, doors are up, and so there's really no, there's nothing that I don't think a fan's going to really give me any extra benefit, especially at inside trials, because I'm always amazed at the people who actually do bring the fans inside the building and use it on their dogs at that point. Cause like it's already, it's normally pretty cool. Even if it's in the seventies inside the building, that's still pretty comfortable for the most part. I think. Yeah. I agree. I have, well, I actually won last year, three Ryobi fans. I had to buy the batteries, but I won the fans. Okay. And then yeah. I had a couple other fans that are either, you know, you can use D batteries or you can plug them in. And right. so our national specialty was in California last fall and it was, outside and so we had our grooming areas were under tents but it was outside and it was like 94 sure. degrees every day so i right. did that's probably the only that's the primary time that i have put fans on my dogs at a show um because i'm kind of with you uh most of the places that we trial are indoors and it's cool and actually like say i've been working out of my car a lot more often because mm-hmm. well frankly it's easier so like agility trials when we're right. at the dog store and then nobody's having a fit because somebody else is running and it's just simpler. But if I put, like I said, I put that shade up over my car and have the windows down and have that shade up and, you know, it stays pretty nice. And, and for me too, like I have so many animals and crates and stuff in the car that I will tell you trying to put, find a place to put the fans to go out to California last year. <laughs> was <Yeah. that> <laughs> Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, eight, nine, ten dogs. I I had I'm sure my dogs actually took to California. I think it was five, four. Right. I started with five. I ended up with four. I think that's what it was. Something like that. Oh yeah. And you know, but you just you start to run out of out of room for stuff, and and so I will say that for most situations, the fans are one of the first things that will go for me because usually where I'm traveling. And trialing, I'm able to keep my dogs comfortable without worrying about the fans. Right. So, um, and if so worse comes to worse, you can always run to Walmart, grab a plug-in fan, and exactly. find the extension cord. Exactly. And I actually, when I go for, I have a, com- a, a extension cord that I keep in my confirmation box of stuff. So if sure. I need to, and I have a power strip also, so that if I need to, I can plug a whole series of stuff in there and then yeah, so I can do that. Oh yeah. Uh, the other thing thinking of temperature that I had at one point in time was one of those uh, temperature monitors for the car. Actually. Did you like it? Did you use it? Cause I've thought about getting one and I just haven't. Uh, um, no so. so initially the concept is great. My th- my th- problem with it is that it one you have to pay for a monthly subscription because otherwise you can get the update of the temperature of the car if you're within Bluetooth range. But if you are, let's just say you park your car in Walmart parking lot and you go inside and you know it's 
hot as hell outside and you know you can't really roll down the windows a whole lot but enough to let air through unless you're paying for that subscription you're not going to get um you're not going to get any updates on that um that's the problem uh, the other part is how long, whether or not that internal battery lasts for that temperature sensor. And I never had a problem because I could always have it plugged in, but I don't know how long that battery truly lasts. I mean, the concept's great. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think there's a way of getting around actually paying for the monthly subscription because it does require cell service mm-hmm. to actually reach out and give yourself updates. The other thing I didn't really like about it was that it wasn't a constant update like it didn't you have to actually manually refresh it on your phone and now keep in mind this was like a generation one now i don't know what they've done nowadays um at the one i had didn't even have a display on it i just had to hope that it was actually working even though it did have some lights but the newer ones um, they do actually have a onboard display of the actual current temperature at that point so there may be some improvements on it at that point in time but uh, for me, I think for the most part, I did not find it to be really all that useful because for my guys, I really never had a spot where I was concerned about temperature for them. So uh, great idea, but maybe more for like the RVs or where it's more of a permanent uh, setup at that point. Yeah. Well, in that way, you know, you hear the nightmare stories. Well, actually, this did happen to my mom one time in her RV, yeah. her first RV that she had where the air quit working. And uh, she was in a trial and um, she, thankfully she'd gone out, she had her older dog um, in the RV because the other dog, the other dogs were in showing and she went out to potty him. And thankfully it was close enough to the time that the air had gone out. It was getting warm in there, but it wasn't dangerous yet. Um, right. But of course that's scary, you know, and you hear about, I mean, I think a few years ago there was that handler that had their, her dogs and, in her vehicle with the air conditioning and everything and the, and the air conditioner crapped out and the dogs all died. I mean, you know, it does happen. So I definitely could see if you're in a situation like that where you'd want to have something, you know, to help. Right. You. Well, years ago, I remember I was at a trial in Illinois where the judges had their dogs in the RV and it was summertime. And I guess the air stopped working and everybody died, unfortunately, because, the air oh. stopped working and nobody nobody even knew but uh, yeah so i mean it's things like that so yeah i mean if you're in a more of a permanent like if i was going to keep my dogs this weekend in the pop-up camper all weekend while i just was working kyber for tryouts yeah i would probably want that but you know at this point sure. in time this time of year i'm gonna bring them inside regardless any which way because i don't really want them getting into things while i'm not in that camper because you know it's a small place and there's not many things not many places to hide things unlike a regular rv so so yeah so they'll go inside with me at that point but otherwise yeah if it's going to be like a drivable or one of the bigger towable ones yeah i would definitely invest in one i think it's a great i think it's a great idea Mm -hmm. yeah definitely for sure Oh, but I can't think of anything else. Uh, anything else I have that I travel with and necessities um, at this point in time. I, I think that's really all I carry. Um, I do make a checklist uh, before I travel anywhere far just to go, what do I have? Because I have that neurotic behavior of, do I have everything? Did I did I actually put this in the car? And then I have to go back and I actually have to open the car up and I have to go look and I have to touch it because I'm like, if I don't touch it, it's not real. <laughs> Right. It's not actually in there. I was, right. The only other thing, 
working towards, I don't have everybody's stuff in there, but I also have emergency information. So just in case I have a magnet on the outside of my car that says to check for dogs created inside in case of emergency. Uh, and then yes. emergency information for some of the dogs, I need to get the rest of it so that if something should happen where I have an emergency, either a medical emergency or we're in an accident and I'm unconscious or whatever, that, you know, there's at least some hope of my dogs getting some help, you know? So that's, I think something that that's something that I've been, I need to finish doing, but you know, important just in case, because you know, if you prepare for the worst then hopefully you never need it. And I would also say that if you've never changed a tire in your car or you have absolutely no clue where that stuff is, you should at least have a clue. Like where's your tire jack? Where's your, where's your tire changing kit? Where's your donut? Just in case, you know. Absolutely. And the one thing I would recommend for your car is if you have the room for it, don't worry, don't rely on the actual onboard jack for your car. Get a floor jack or something that is a little bit easier because trying to use a scissor jack that comes on with the car to begin with is a pain to have to mm-hmm. do. I've done it. Not fun. Um, especially if you don't have an impact gun to actually um to actually pop it up real quick. Otherwise, you're just going to spend your day cranking that thing up and just hurting yourself eventually there. So if you can uh, afford the space, buy yourself a you know a cheap little uh, floor jack. That way you can crank it up and get yourself off the, uh, off the highway or off the road as fast as possible. That way nobody gets hurt then at that point. And I guess also uh, if, you know, nighttime, get flares or something that will make you visible. Oh, that I have one, one of those cute little recommend. lizard, lizard flashy flares that my boyfriend's mom oh, got for me. Christmas and very nice. It's really great. Like it's bright. And there's a bunch of different settings, and I keep it in my glove box, and yeah. then I can set it out. And I kind of like it. It's. I mean, I haven't needed it yet. Um, thank goodness. Well, but yes, I have it. Rather have um, and not need than need and go. Oh, I'm in trouble. Exactly, and it doesn't take up much space. It's it's a nice little. And I have a four way actually to take my lugs off on my car so you don't have to rely on the cheap crappy thing that they give you and that does not oh, take yeah. up much because even i can cram that in my van and well right if right. anyone's ever seen my van <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> indeed indeed yeah but yeah so I, I think that's uh that's everything i got for my car anything else you're thinking about i think i don't know as long as i remember to pack the dogs then when it's actually pretty good shape yeah. <laughs> They're all looking at me like now. All right. Well, that sounds there. Sounds like we're up for the hour here. And thank you for spending the uh, hour with us here. And have a great rest of the night. We'll see you next time on Four Paw Sports Radio. Have a good night, everybody.